Welcome to The Encouraging Word, a podcast from Ascension Lutheran Church in Waterloo, Iowa. In our episodes, you'll find sermons, services, and in-depth Bible studies to help you grow in your faith. If you have any questions or want to connect, reach out to us at alcwloo at mchsi.com. Thank you for joining us. So you can confidently walk out of the darkness and into the light of the grace of Jesus Christ, we offer now the encouraging word from Ascension Lutheran Church in Waterloo. Each Sunday morning, we invite you to join our Ascension family for music and messages of love and truth which are relevant to today's troubled world. It is our firm belief that the Holy Bible is the total, inspired, inerrant, and infallible Word of God. The Bible teaches us that prayer and repentance are two of the keys of Jesus' eternal salvation. We'll begin our worship this Sunday morning with music from the Ascension Chancel Choir. Here is, We Praise You and Acknowledge You, O God.
You will hear sermons on this program based on the total unabridged Holy Scripture. Just listen to today's message and you'll understand how much God loves you and awaits repentant people with open arms. Our message this Sunday morning is offered by Senior Pastor Mike Badenhop, and it is entitled, Waiting. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Amen. You may be seated. There are two different kinds of people who come to a wedding reception. And I really think there are only two different kinds of people. We've all been there. You go to a wedding, you're here for the service, you greet the bride and groom on your way out, and then what do you do? You get in your car as quickly as possible. You drive as fast as you hopefully legally can and get to the reception hall before anybody else, especially if it's one of those times when you have to pick your own seat. And you get there, and what do you do? You can already smell the food. You know the feast is already prepared, but you know you can't touch it for just a little while yet because the bride and groom have to be there first. So you scope out the snacks, the hors d'oeuvres, whatever food might be available. And remember, there are only two kinds of people. There are the kinds of people who are very polite, who go and take a reasonable amount of food, just a little bit, enough to make it look like you actually are respectful. And then there are the others of us, who see all the food and all those little cups for popcorn, the plates for hors d'oeuvres, the little mints, those cream cheese mints you only get at weddings, and you fill up your plate, and the plate of your neighbor, and a few extra plates. That way, you are ready. Ready for the wait. You don't know when the bride and groom are coming. You don't know how long it'll be, so you take all you can so that you're ready when the time comes. So it is in the kingdom of heaven. Today, Jesus tells a parable in Matthew chapter 25. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there won't be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I don't know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The wedding feast is coming. Which kind of person are you? The one to take a little bit of oil? The one to grab just a few snacks? Or the one who comes prepared for the wait? There's a great wedding feast that's coming. An incredible feast unlike any other you've ever been at, and you are invited to come. 
Throughout Scripture, we hear of this feast, and it's called many different things. A feast of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined. In other places, the marriage supper of the Lamb in His kingdom. Throughout Scripture, we hear that there is a great feast that is a celebration. The time when Jesus will return. The time when He will take His bride, the church, and give eternal life to all who believe in Him. This promise stands throughout Scripture. This promise stands for you. There is a feast, and you are invited to come. And to make it even better, it's the kind of feast where you can already smell what's cooking. You can smell the prime rib. You can taste the lobster. This is a great wedding after all, not one of those other weddings where you just have normal food. There's a great feast coming. And the promise stands throughout Scripture for you. And it stands because of what Jesus has accomplished for you. The invitation isn't one that we deserve, but it's one that we receive by grace. There's a feast coming and you're invited. But it hasn't started yet. There's the rub, isn't it? It's like that moment when you walk into the wedding reception and you can smell the food. You know the feast is ready, but you just have to wait. You have to wait because the bride and groom first have to come. You have to wait for that cry that we hear in the parable. Behold the bridegroom. Ladies and gentlemen, the bride and groom have entered. The feast has begun. But that can take some time. Especially these days. These days, anybody go to weddings every once in a while? Now, has anybody gone to a wedding where it really wasn't the fault of the bride and groom? Because, you know, they have to take pictures and things, but you forgot to eat before you went. And so you go to the reception hall already hungry. And then the wait begins. You sit, you sit, your stomach tells you the time is never going to come. They are never going to walk through the door, and you just can't wait any longer. So it is in Christ sometimes. How often in the kingdom of God do you just feel like you can't wait anymore? You wish that the feast were already one you could eat. You can smell it. You get a taste of it. You know the promise that God has for you of eternal life. And sometimes you just wish for a moment you could be at the feast now. But it's not here yet. That is to say that we live in a very special time. Special, but often difficult. We live in what's called the time in between. In the now and the not yet. We live in the time between the death and resurrection of Jesus so that the promise of this feast, the promise of eternal life, is absolutely certain for you and certain because Jesus has accomplished it all. He's forgiven our sins. He's spilled his blood to give you eternal life. And living in that hope and promise, we know it's certain. The trouble is that our eyes can't see it yet. Now our nose can smell it. We hear rumors of it. We can hear the wait staff back in the kitchen getting everything ready, but we can't yet see the feast. Can't taste it. 
And so we're caught in a time of waiting. And I've got to ask you, anybody here enjoy waiting? Anybody here just love like when you go to the doctor's office and they tell you, well, the doctor's behind a little bit. You're going to have to wait. And you say, yes, I've been looking forward to waiting. Now, if we read books, maybe we do enjoy that time. It may be the only time we get to read. But we're not the kind of people who enjoy waiting. And it's not just kind of this surface-level problem. It's a problem that has to do with our sinfulness and how easily we give up hope. Because sometimes it happens that the longer we wait, the less hope we have. The longer we sit at the wedding reception waiting, the longer we think it's just not going to happen. They're never going to come. I'm never going to eat this food. It's going to be cold. I can't do it. The longer we wait for Christ, sometimes our hope begins to diminish. Because we're the kind of people who give up hope sometimes easily. Because our eyes see things that give us trouble. Our eyes see the difficulty. Our eyes see the times when we get that report before the doctor ever talks to us because it's all online now and it says, cancer. And our eyes see that and we think, God, I wish you would just send your son right now that right now I could taste the feast because I don't want to have to go through the difficulty that's ahead. Or in those times when our marriage is falling apart and we know that our sin has done it. We have been the one to break relationships. We wish, God, I just wish you could come back right now and fix this thing. Could you just return now? There's so many times when life is too much for us, when we can't bear it and we can't bear waiting anymore and we simply wish the feast were here now. But here we are in the time between. Still we wait, late into the night, longing for those words to be spoken. Behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Now can we pause there for a second, is that okay? I have no permission, so I don't know what to do here. <laughs> I'm kidding, it's fine. So... Have you ever experienced in life that there are some things that are simply worth the wait? Now, I know waiting isn't easy. Waiting is never easy, but there are some things in life that are simply worth waiting for. Kind of like that family wedding. Now, I know we don't always like, look forward to every wedding we go to. I'm not going to hold that against you if there are weddings you don't really look forward to. But sometimes, you just can't wait to go to a wedding. And it's not even about the food. They can have that normal food like I had at my wedding. And you know what? We want to go not because of the food, but because of the family, because of the joy, the anticipation, because of all of the hope and promise of two people being joined together by God in holy matrimony. The commitment that's shared between them, the love that you see and the faithfulness you see in them, and all the hope of what their lives may yet yield. And you just want to go and be part of that celebration. And sometimes you wait for a long time for that day to come until it's finally here. In God's kingdom, the feast is worth the wait. I know we just get bits and pieces in Scripture. You just get a little taste, a little smell here and there. But it's worth the wait. 
the joy of eternal life together with all those saints who have gone before us, all who are still to come, together with those we love who have departed in the faith. A feast in which there is no longer any crying, any pain, any tear in our eye because God himself will wipe every tear from our eye. A feast at which we no longer need those lamps and the oil that goes with them because God himself will be in the midst of us, his people. And the light of that city will come from him and from him alone. A time when we won't need those little cups of snacks, but that rich food full of marrow. The celebration of eternal life we will see with our own eyes and taste with our own lips. Some things are simply worth waiting for. The question is, do we have what it takes to wait? Which kind of person are we? All the snacks in the world? Just one little measly cup. We're often tempted to think we're the ones who don't have what it takes. And we've probably got pretty good reason to think that we're the ones who don't have what it takes because many times we have not been the most patient of people in life in general, but especially in faith. We grow impatient with God, so we turn to other things to try to alleviate our problems. We grow impatient waiting for him to return, and sometimes we lose our hope. Our own sinfulness draws us away from him, and we think we don't have what it takes. And in a sense, we're absolutely right. But God doesn't leave us without what we need for the wait. That is, he gives us the oil. He gives us the taste of the feast. He gives us everything we need to be strengthened in our waiting. That we may wait with expectation for the day when he will return. Now, what does he give us? He gives us his word. He gives us his promise. That each and every Sunday when we come together and worship or when we listen to some podcasts during the week and hear the word of hope that is given to us, we are refreshed and built up. We didn't have what it takes, but Jesus gave himself for us because he did have what it takes to save us from our sinfulness. He helps us and strengthens us when we come to the table and we get just a little piece of bread and a little bit of wine, but no, not just bread and wine. With the bread and wine, the body and blood of Jesus to strengthen you to lift up your faith, to forgive your sins, to help you carry on as you wait for the day when Jesus will come again. He gives us brothers and sisters in Christ, brothers and sisters who encourage us in the faith, who pray for us, who are there for us in the hard times. God doesn't leave us without the oil, without what we need to sustain us for this wait. And so I'll ask you again, which kind of person are you? Are you the kind of person who's ill-prepared? Or do you come to the place where God gives you his oil? Do you hear his word spoken? Are you in the word during the week? Do you have people in your life who are praying for you? Do you come to the table and receive the body and blood of Jesus, believing, believing that by it your sins are forgiven and eternal life is yours? In Christ, you've got what it takes. I know the wait's long. I know, especially this time of year, the night is dark 
and the bridegroom tarries on. Brothers and sisters, the bridegroom's coming. There's going to be a feast. You're invited, and he will sustain you until the day when Jesus returns once more. And there will be no feast like that feast. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we give you thanks that your son Jesus came and gave his life on the cross, that by his death and by his resurrection we would have eternal life with you. In these days and years when we wait for his return, we pray that you would fill us with all we need, that you would bring us back each and every day to your word, to your promise, that you would give us faith to hold to it and to trust it. And God, we give you thanks that when that day comes, your Son will return and bring all who have believed in him to everlasting life. Until that day comes, Lord, give us your strength, fill us with faith, and lead us as we share that faith with the world around us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we join with Associate Pastor Matthew Fenn, leading us in the Lord's Prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in
We are so happy you've chosen to worship with our Ascension family this Sunday morning. It is our prayer that the Holy Spirit will empower our services to be a source of inspiration and encouragement each week. Ascension Lutheran at the corner of Green Hill Road and Maynard Avenue in Waterloo is a growing, Bible-believing, and caring Lutheran congregation, a member of the American Association of Lutheran Churches. Our Sunday worship schedule includes a traditional Lutheran service at 8.30 and a contemporary service for 11 o'clock. Sunday school for all ages is at 9.45. Now, if you haven't been to church in a while or possibly looking for a change, please accept this invitation to visit Ascension Lutheran. We offer a non-threatening, warm, and inviting atmosphere which will open many positive doors in the life of you and your family. We appreciate your continued prayers and financial support to keep this radio ministry on the air each Sunday morning. It is our prayer that this ministry will bring encouragement from God's Word to all who listen. We hope your life will be better and that you'll tell others about the encouraging Word. You can call us at 319-233-1358. Our email is alc. W-L-O-O at mchsi.com. You can snail mail or stop on by 2211 Maynard Avenue in Waterloo, 50701. For all this information and so much more, check out our website, ascensionwaterloo.com. Join us for Thanksgiving Eve worship service this Wednesday evening, November 22nd at 6.30 p.m. There will be a pie fellowship after the service. And until next week at this time, may your coming days be filled with encouragement that God is indeed with you wherever you go.